Everybody and welcome to another episode of Stand By Your Band. I'm Tom Takar, the Wolf of Dog Street, joined as always by the Prince of Snarkness himself, Tommy McNamara. How are you, Tommy? Yeah, Tom, I've been doing this thing our last few months or so where I open with a lyric from the artist we, we were talking about. <laughs> I was wondering what you were going to do for this one. <laughs> this is a weird one to do that for, yeah. but I'll just say, you make my Peter stand up. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say to you. That's crazy. That's, a, that's incredible. That's well, sweet. That's, that's how you uh, meet your podcast partner, is if when you meet, your you make each other's Peter stand up. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, we have a very special topic today, and we have uh, the very funny Found Footage Festival boys. Joe and Nick are with us. Hi, uh, fellas. Hi, uh, you. You guys just made my Peter stand up during that whole thing, <laughs> dude. Yeah. All right, we're three for four. What do we got there, Nick? <laughs> half Come on, maths, baby. Guys, half math. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no. Damn it. Well, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll see where the podcast takes us. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, some people need a little warm up, not yeah. us three. But Nick, keep <laughs> us updated on your Peter. I will. You got it. Um, so uh, you guys made a movie yeah. that I just watched uh, literally right before the show. So I'm excited to talk about it. You made a movie called Dirty Country. Um, yes. That we're going to tweet out the link to that you can download um, from your site, and I downloaded it. it. It's it's like an hour and seven minutes, and it was it was pure joy for me. I loved the whole thing. I'd never heard of this guy Larry Pierce before, um, and he just <laughs> sings these dirty country songs, and uh, it, they're incredible. So could could you just tell us about like yeah finding him? Was it someone like your dad listened to, or how did you get into that? No, this well, one was yeah. Joe and I were on a road trip. We've known each other since we were ten. We were on a road trip in high school, and another friend of ours was there. And at a truck stop, found this tape called "Songs for Studs," and <laughs> you know we're both we're studs. You know we're a couple yeah. studs. This is this music speaks to us. Sure. And it, you know it had this kind of like redneck looking guy and a cartoon hyena on the cover. It was a cassette tape at one of these truck stop comedy kiosks that yeah they mm-hmm. had back in the day and uh, they still have those i love them yeah yeah they, they're not as they're not as prevalent and most of them are full of shirts that uh frankly are very disrespectful to the man i call the president but. <laughs> <laughs> smallest size is 3x yeah we've seen those <laughs> yeah a lot of a lot of calvin peen on things uh <laughs> yeah. yeah in the glory days though it was all like truck stock comedy tapes you know and so yeah. we we bought this one and uh and just wore it out on a road trip and the thing that got us was this guy larry the music was produced well it sounded like they had nashville session musicians and mm. they weren't parodies you know it wasn't like right uh you know i can't even think you never of parody. You, you never even heard you never heard like a slide whistle or like a boy <laughs> you never it wasn't wacky yeah. it was yeah. like sung very it's seriously just, it's kind of like what uh wheeler walker is doing now yes uh, mm-hmm. where it's like the music is real music and when when wheeler walker's uh in his situation it's like legit I don't know who the musicians are with uh, Pierce, but like they're legit. Like Sturgill Simpson does shit with him. Like right. real artists who are big guys like work with him because they think he's funny and his his voice is great. So it's like this is like a more stripped down version of that. It feels like he he does it right because he he does sing it very like seriously. Like or, mm-hmm. or the thing that really got us about Larry Pierce's music is that his songs would start off. Um, Serious, like uh, I see you hanging your clothes out on the line, and then you know, and it's just like, and I think about you, and I see you walking across the lawn, and but then the the hook will be, but fucking you is always on my mind, you know. It was like in a very serious, sweet way, and these could be like yeah. top forty songs, these could be like hit songs, but they just have too many f words in it, and it's just like, yeah, so they never could be. Anyway, we were we were fascinated by this guy turns out he had like a dozen different albums all original songs at truck stuff truck stops all around the country and we bought all of them and then finally like <laughs> the obsession grew this is what nick and i do all the time like we get obsessed with something then we want to find out more and we want to track down the person so we tracked down larry pierce uh got his address i wrote him a letter i said hey we're huge fans of your music we'd love to shoot a music video for you can we uh you know maybe do a short documentary about you he responded immediately 
on loose leaf paper, handwritten with a pencil. <laughs> and he said, my, my life isn't that interesting. I work third shift at a, at a factory. I make, uh, what was it, like taillights. Yep. Uh, third shift, he goes, I'm married with kids, and I write these dirty songs on my lunch breaks, and I bring them home to my garage, and I record them. And Nick and I were like, holy shit, like this is like we we quit our jobs immediately and we're like we're gonna follow this guy around full time and live off our girlfriends at the time so that's what we did yeah we spent four and a half years tracking this guy obsessively oh, shit. yeah yeah it's, i mean yeah. it's four and a half yeah it's so great though I, what i love about it is that that stuff of him just first of all recording in the garage i think is so great and then playing mm-hmm. those like garage parties yeah just as like someone who plays music and stuff it's like that's so just like he's got all his friends in his garage they're all drinking and he's just playing these songs and it's like it looks like the greatest time ever that's <laughs> yeah. what it's all about isn't yeah. it isn't that yeah, that's exactly, what it's all about yeah. Yeah, making your friends like, laugh and having fun. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is great. Yeah. That is a great. We should hire him. Oh wait, he fucking did he die? He died like <laughs> three yeah, years ago, unfortunately. I, yeah, I forgot that I just looked this up. Fuck. Yeah, what a bummer, dude. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, so, his life. Shows. I got legitimately excited about hanging out with the, the idea of hanging out with. Yeah, him. I'm <laughs> telling you, you would have had so much fun hanging out with this guy. He's so much fun, just like hanging out in his the small town in Indiana where Nick and I spent a lot of time. Yeah, and Joe, like his you mom had, you was had more fun than I did, I think, Joe. But. Um, um, yeah, I, not a lot of vegan options. And as a non-drinker, it was, wasn't a great environment for me. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's tough. Dude. I was doing what? a lot of the heavy lifting on the filming part at those garage parties. Uh, Joe was actually doing yeah. the partying. So yeah, I hope Keep you got to like have your fun at like uh, a jazz bar or something. <laughs> yeah, we sipping on some what do you uh, do for fun? some Nick? seltzer. Nick, is that the primarily jazz bars, Tom? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's, what I mean. that's it. Yeah. Nick's been a working on this jazz new- bar. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, Tom, his one idea of what a non-drinker would do is go to a yeah, bar. I, think of, I don't yeah. know. What do you guys do? I was thinking a daytime white jazz show, which is what I just, I went to one and it was the soberest event. I love the time. idea of like preferring the white jazz. Like, ah, the, the black stuff, I'm not racist, but the black yeah, stuff no, is just too. It's just a different style. <laughs> they play the instruments the way they were meant to be played. They're not riffing and raffing up there. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like Nick. Yeah, that's what I would have sure. preferred. But now, there I was, yeah. babysitting Joe while filming the documentary. Well, it, there was one point during the production when Nick actually punched me in the chest. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, it, and it was because like Larry's mom... We were we were there. We spent a, a week with him, and we were doing the filming like this garage party scene. And she kept giving me these shots of what, what they always drink Calverts. Calverts. They always drank Calverts uh, whiskey. What the hell is Calverts? Uh, it's whiskey like cheap. Like it's in a plastic in a pla- bottle. Yeah, plastic bottle. Yeah. And a, oh god. Yeah, yeah the, the bottom shelf, but in a huge jug. <laughs> yeah, and sure. she kept giving me shots all night long, and I kept accepting. Not, I mean, not because I necessarily wanted to drink, but I wanted to be a good. Guest, you know they're, yeah, they're a host, and I'm exactly I'm taking one for the fit team in too. Exactly, yeah. unlike Nick, I get it. Yeah, yeah. so you take what you're given. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I got shit faced, and Nick had to uh, lug all the gear into the car, <laughs> and then at one point I ended up in the middle of the street without my shoes on. Is that what happened? Yeah, and then you Nick, you're gonna move there. And... <laughs> like, I have a flight at noon, and I have an eight-hour drive in, w- in, in Wisconsin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So then he punched me in the chest, and then that sobered me up. And then, yeah. yeah Eventually, we finished good. the movie. Yeah, <laughs> somehow you did chest compressions on you to make you sober. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Yeah. That I mean, well, is, yeah. Wait, where in Indiana was it? Middletown. It's uh, right outside of Muncie. It's uh, maybe forty-five okay. minutes I think north. I've driven through Middletown, east of uh, Indianapolis. Yeah. I can't believe yeah. he's from Indi. I'm from Indiana originally. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I spent the first twenty-four years of my life there. Where? Um, in Bloomington. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's a little south. Yeah, I like there, but I spent I spent a lot of time in Muncie. Yeah, Bloomington's great. It's not. It's a very different scene from this garage. Uh, uh, stuff in the Calverts out of the bottle, but well, it's funny. Like I mean, they're they were tragedy. north of Indianapolis. You know, they lived near Anderson, Indiana, between mm-hmm. Anderson and Muncie, Indiana, and it's about forty five minutes north. And they but they called it Middle Tucky instead of Middletown, <laughs> and they held, yeah. they all had uh, like Southern accents, even though they were, you know. North of the Mason Dixon by quite a bit, but it was just rural. Dude, it's wild. My brothers have southern accents. It's fucking crazy. Mm. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I know. We didn't grow up in a place in the south. We didn't grow up like, it doesn't make any sense, but you'll meet people like that all the time. There was a controversy at my high school 
Because uh, I probably said this on the podcast before. These kids kept wearing uh, Confederate flag shit to school. And yeah. they're, like they, it was a bit, there was like a race war. And then uh, there was an, a quote in the newspaper, like the local newspaper from one of the kids where he's like, it's not racist. It's my heritage. And it's like, no, it's not your heritage. No. We're in the north, you fucking idiot. <laughs> No, you see that in Wisconsin, too. We grew up in Wisconsin. It was just like, wait, whoa, Confederate flag? That can only mean one thing. It doesn't yeah. mean what you think it means. It's We know what it means for you. So, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. we got to be careful. Most of our listeners are uh, Confederate, uh, Confederate soldiers <laughs> in reenactments. They're already uh, pissed off that we drink Bud Light occasionally. And, oh uh, boy, yeah. Nick Nick is not happy about that right now. Curious. I wish I was at a yeah. jazz club. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the movie. I, I mean, before we just talk about the topic in general, it's like more because the movie it, like, it was genuinely poignant. I thought like in that part where Idis gives him the guitar and yeah. just, like when they get him at his first show and I, I first um, yeah, just like the stuff of him and his wife like dance. I was like. This is I don't know I thought yeah. it was like a really beautiful portrayal of the very well. This guy's been man. he's been yeah. playing only for his friends at his garage for his whole life, and then a truck stop comedy label says, "Here, send us your demos, and then come to the studio. We'll record ten albums, basically." But he doesn't know. He's never heard from anybody that this is out there at yeah. all. But like us, this band uh, based in Colorado, Itis, uh, had found his cassette at a truck stop. And got obsessed with him, and then they would just for fun because they're they're doing a hundred shows a year. They would um, work some of Larry Pierce's songs into their live sets, so all their fans knew Larry Pierce, and and uh, they hadn't tracked him down. But I guess somebody who was a fan of the band saw us play the trailer for the movie or something, and connected the band well, with Larry. And then the, in the documentary, you see them driving to Colorado to meet Larry for the first time and Larry just being blown away that this group has, he has this legion of fans out there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when, when Idas first, uh, when they talked to us, they were like, Oh, we heard some legends about Larry. Uh, he's like, I always heard that when he would get up on stage, he'd take his teeth out and have his like teeth sing the songs. And I was like, what? This guy's never played out of his garage before. This guy like works third shift at a factory. And there's like, these legends of this guy already out there. And so, yeah, they got to finally uh, like unite with Larry in Indiana. And it was, uh, man, then they just became best pals. Like they were just best pals after that. So it was cool. That's yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. We should play a, a song to get people uh, to. Get, I mean, we've been talking about. It. I think we should give people a little. Uh, yeah, a little taste. I'm Although, stoked. The order we've got here. So you gave us uh, the first one here is Hot Nuts. Oh no! Don't go. Let's not start there. Let's start with let's some start Pierce. Start with Here's some Pierce, right? Yeah. yeah. Why you pull it up? I just want to just before to get people primed for what they're about to hear. I'm just going to read song titles from Larry. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We've got. Uh, We've got uh, This Girl Makes Me Horny, uh -huh. Big Tit Linda, Will, Will You Swallow My Cum, uh -huh. Yeast oh, wow. Infection, She Licks My Scrotum, I oh, Got yeah. My Willy I Never Missed a Lick. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's just, this is just like Googling his songs and just looking at mm -hmm. the titles, just so you, people know what they're getting in for. Somebody <laughs> said about Larry, they're like, you know, with like, like songs, like Little Red Corvette, or, you know, like they're, they're like talking about some, like something Indie sexual. Wendo. There's like innuendos, but like Larry's just straight to the point. I I like to fuck oh, yeah. is what is like the song that we. It's yeah. always the go-to. I like to fuck. Like there's no innuendo. There's no Word metaphor play, here. No euphemisms. It's just that's what he likes to do. He's on Spotify, which I found shocking. But. I know. I couldn't believe it either. Yeah. All right. Oh, he is. Yeah, this is crazy. I mean, uh, at yeah, the time though, you could only get this at truck stops. This is like pre-internet. Yeah, ninety-five, yeah. I think, is when we first found his cassette. That must have been such a thrill. Like as a truck driver, you're tired of shit, and you stop at the thing. You're like, oh, they got the new Larry Pierce. Yes, yeah, we exactly. Like, yeah, one I've never had. Yeah, that's, that's all. It's like collecting uh, Pokemon cards. <laughs> we had to catch them all. Yeah. <laughs> God, as soon as that, that started coming out of my mouth, I was like, I don't want to say what I'm about to say. I don't want this to be the comparison I'm making. All right. Uh, let's hear She Makes My Peter Stand Up to start oh, off. Oh, yeah. He wrote the song for his wife. To hear it. 
Okay. The crowd, the 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 crowd, the audience will be able to hear at home, but you guys might not be able to over the Zoom. But okay. so it just adds up. Here we go. Get the strange sensation I can't stop the strong temptation to screw She makes my Peter stand up She makes my Peter stand up When she looks into my eyes and my pants I feel the rise She makes my Peter stand up When she's wearing tight blue jeans And they're pulling at the seams Will I go crazy? When she bends over for a glass and her shorts right up her ass, my eyes get hazy. And when she's lying in the sun and the sweat rolls off her buns, the way she smiles, the way she sits, the way she shakes her little tits, the way she wiggles when she walks, makes me want to eat her box. Powerful step. Beautiful. It's so Beautiful. good. It, it, we, uh, we, we made a music video. Uh, we, we got to know the family really well, and his wife, Sandy, just gave us all their old photos. And they always have this thing where, like, on birthdays, they would always make penis cakes, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, cakes in the shape of a penis. And then they would feed – they would always get the picture of them eating the, the penis cake, you know, like with their mouth. And so, like, there's a lot of those. And uh, just a lot of photos of them just being sweet. And then we just mm-hmm. kind of made a very sweet music video to go along with that sweet, but, you know, kind of gross song. <laughs> <laughs> it is, I mean, it's a love song, you know? Oh, it is. Beautiful. It is. I, he's, he shakes her little tits. <laughs> <laughs> it is like all, all of those lyrics are about Sandy, his wife. And it's, uh, That's yeah, beautiful. That was his, yeah, that was his inspiration. That scene of them dancing together is very sweet too. I, nice, I got to watch yeah. like fifteen minutes before, uh, well, but it was, and she tells everybody like, "Look, he's not like this. Like right. this is music. And it's like, what a beautiful uh, way that he can express himself artistically. I love it. The funniest he's part is rules. is that his uh, production or his uh, the production company, Laughing Hyena, they asked him to make clean songs. They're like, we want you to do some trucker songs. Because they would make songs <laughs> for truckers specifically. Yeah. And they were like, can you just do some clean ones where, like, no swear words? And he's like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And then he kind of sat, like, I think like a month went by, and he's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. The muse does not speak to yeah. him without talking about. No, it was like, why don't you? Great. Why don't you just write a dirty song first and then just take away all the swear words? You could do it that way. Like, no, I'm not interested. That's Couldn't not me. Do it. His God-given <laughs> gift was. To he me. said no. Create dirty That's songs. That's insane. I love. There's a part at the beginning of this doc where they, you guys, ask him like. Do you think you would have been a successful uh, country artist? And he's like, "Fuck yeah!" Like, obviously, <laughs> yeah, he has a great he country knows. voice. Like, he really does. Yeah, so. kind of a Don Williams. Yeah, and then he talks about how he used to be a hot stud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Larry, I I agree. I think he could have been. I mean, he has a voice like it's been compared to like Don Williams. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with Don Williams, the country? Like, it, it is a lot like that. And he's like, he's very talented. You know, like, um. Yeah, he's. I don't know. He could have been. He could have been. And like, he got on the Howard Stern show. The end of the of the documentary. Not to spoil anything, but like, somebody sent one of Larry's songs, and Stern loved it. And Stern would play it all the time. And it's Larry was on the show. What like two or three times, Nick? Twice. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And Sandy came on. His wife came on, and Stern asked her all these dirty questions about their. You know, in the bedroom and all that kind of stuff. It was great. Yeah, yeah. I listened to the first one. It was great just because just right where the movie leaves off is like right going into that. So I had to uh, had to hear it. But uh, yeah. it was funny how much Howard seems to genuinely love him, and <laughs> everyone else is kind of cracking jokes. But it seems like he really liked him, which made me happy. <laughs> it's it's funny. It's just such a fish out of water story with Larry because small town in Indiana. And now all of a sudden he's in New York and he's going up to like the XM studios and oh, you know and meeting, yeah. meeting Baba <laughs> Booey and like yeah. <laughs> and then the local newspaper, the Middletown in- Indiana newspaper, uh, front page headlines. It was like yep. local man meets Howard Stern. It's a picture of Larry and Howard Stern on the right of the the headlines. Like yeah, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, and to his to his credit, uh, it makes me. I think this guy rules. But I looked up. 
uh, con- I, we do this every episode, but whoever the artist is in controversy, and he's he's fully clean. He's a good guy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not David Allen Coe. Like David Allen Coe yeah. has some. Uh, yeah, there's some uh, dark stuff uh, in his yeah. library. Yeah, Larry's well, Larry's clean. Shocker that I'll turn into a little quiz. What do you think the number one Larry Pierce song on Spotify? What what kind of play count? We'll each do a guess. What do you think? I know it, but you three do a guess. We'll see if we can get how many it. how many uh, streams it's gotten? How many streams on the just the number one song? Okay. Which is for, for context, Good Heart Screwing. Okay. Oh, it's good. Well, that's the clean that version of Good Heart Fucking. That's the name. They, they couldn't give it that name on the Damn. CD. So I yeah. see. Uh, I would uh, say uh, f- I would say thirty thousand. Listens. I feel like that's where Larry is. I'll say I'll say fifty. That's where that's where my head went. Tom, I went. I don't know. I, the Stern thing makes me want to go higher. I'm going to oh, yeah. go with a seventy-five thousand. Mm. Okay. So this blew my mind. One million eight hundred twenty-seven thousand oh five hundred seventeen oh. streams. Larry, so good for Larry. Larry. Yeah. He would be. Thrilled. Oh, he would be thrilled. Nice. Oh, Larry. Over a million dog. people have heard. That incredible song, <laughs> or one person listened to it a fuckload. A lot of their <laughs> entire life is yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, let's hear another Larry. We've got another Larry Pierce song here. This one is "I Like to Fuck." Yep. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, everyone's got things they like to do. I've got things they like Taking to do. pictures, playing cards, or shooting glue. Well, rolling leagues and racing. There's places to go skating. Places to go skating. There's only one thing that I really love to do. I like to fuck. I like to fuck. Simple man, <laughs> he really is. Yeah, yeah and, and, and you know, uh, with that song, you remember like with the Moni Moni, the the Billy Idol version. People do the in between mm-hmm. part where they, you know, what I mean, like Moni, Mo, it'd be like, hey, hey, what? Get laid, get fucked. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. What they do I, that? I don't know this. I think that oh, might have been a regional thing. I don't think everybody did that. <laughs> okay, maybe it was just a Wisconsin thing, but it was like no, in between I don't think that either. No. <laughs> <laughs> It was just a it was just a me thing. <laughs> you just made that up. Nick's never heard of it either. <laughs> uh, no, but then people who would go to his shows would start to do a thing like an in between part where it was like in the air or in the water like a duck. Everybody in the audience would go quack 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 quack. So there's like this like part, crowd participation part of oh, the beautiful. of the song that. That emerged. Well, it, yeah, it emerged because he had never, like I said, it never played these songs publicly until at the end of the movie. This this touring rock band, Itis, says, "We're going to set up a show for you. We'll just be your backing band." And so they set one up for him in suburbs of Minneapolis, and it's like 350 people there, and they're shouting, "Larry, Larry!" And it's just like uh, he got to have that that moment, and then continued to play with these guys. Played with them in Jamaica. And uh, wow. went all over, and and so, and they they're still friendly um, with Sandy, and uh, every year on Fourth of July, we used to all go to Larry's house and just light off like 
Essentially, sticks of dynamite. They just had the most illegal <laughs> fireworks. No, they actually, they actually had a stick of dynamite one time, yeah. and they didn't wow. tell them. Yes, yeah. Oh boy, they really they go for it. But it's still the yeah. tradition: is whoever can make it from the band, the Itis band, will go to Middletown, Indiana, and sometimes we go too, and uh, just pay tribute to Larry and uh, and camp out there in rural Indiana and light off a bunch of uh, fireworks. Tom, Dude, we, we got to go to this. I was going to say, Tom, we could probably hook you up because you are Indiana, right? Yeah, like, do you, give me, I don't. I could visit my mom and then go do this. Yes. This is oh, great. I'll put you in touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put me in yeah. touch, dude. I love Fourth this shit. This rules. Yeah, there's, there's um, a chance you'll lose some fingers, but that's, hey, I, I got too many fingers. <laughs> I got ten of these little it's fingers. Like an, it's like so an AI generated picture. <laughs> 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 no, I got it. That sounds uh, very sick. I wonder. I mean, obviously, he's too dirty for FM radio, but like, I wonder if Bob and Tom ever tried to pick him up because uh, his songs are so much better than the things that were. I mean, they would have like Tim Wilson and stuff. Do you do you guys know Bob and Tom? Yeah, they yeah. were like the Midwest radio legends uh, for comedy. Like Larry would. Yeah, go ahead. Nick. He, well, he loved them, and he would send them tapes, and I think. Was there some contact, Joe, with them at one point where they wanted him th- on, but they couldn't play because it was terrestrial? I think so. I think later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, he always had that problem of, like, we can't play your music at all on uh, any song. There's not even a song yeah. where it's just innuendo. No, everything. I would- think they could bring him in. Yeah, that's the tough. Well, and they would do so much innuendo, but it's mm-hmm. like he – the problem is he's too good. Like, the and the, when you – when I – when I think back to listening to those Bob and Tom songs, I would always be like, this is kind of corny. And then – He's not. He's like very blunt and silly, but it's not corny. It's that was the appeal for face. us. That was the yeah, appeal. It was just like he's just saying what's what he's thinking. He's saying like, what we're all thinking. He's not being cute about it. <laughs> what we're all yeah, he's not being cute about it at all. Like no. yeah, he's just saying the words. That is a beautiful story that he got to he got to do the live stuff and figure out that he had a fan base. It's kind of like the like hillbilly version of searching for sugar. Uh, searching for sugar yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where. Have you guys seen that? It's mm-hmm. so good. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that movie. Yeah. This is the Indiana version. I love it. <laughs> that fucking rules. We needed a guy. Well, that like, that was for us. us. We were always just like, who is this guy? We we're kind of scared. We we're like, oh, he's probably gonna be kind of scary. He yeah. looks like he really like hams up the redneckiness on his on his album covers. And then when we finally got there, it's like, oh wait, he's just a normal dude like he's yeah. just like a, a nice sweet man <laughs> who happens to be filthy yeah. i love it i absolutely love it i'm glad I, uh, that bob and tom thing came that's uh yeah it's because when you when you pitched this idea that's what i was thinking of before i saw it before i actually heard the songs and i was like oh yeah i remember guys like this like they're kind of goofy and like their songs are allude to shit like this but then Hearing it really in your face, I did not. Re- this guy was ahead of his well, time. Well, we're we're defending, I guess, the genre, and I guess it's hard to defend the entire genre because the entire genre is not that good. And in our research, we came across a lot where it was like, oh, we could follow these guys who are doing it. Most people are just doing it in their bedroom on their mm-hmm. own home recording, and then they're like sending it to Bob and Tom or sending it to Howard yeah. Stern, and and uh, I don't know, a very small percentage are good. So I d- I don't want to defend all of them. Because that that would get us into trouble, I think. But there are a lot of good ones out there. Well, and yeah, and well, then, the rules of this show are you got to defend all or nothing. Okay, so. <laughs> all right. All Nick, you want to take David Allen Coe? Good. <laughs> yeah, Nick, sure. you want to take some of Dave, David Allen Coe's deep cuts here? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll do my best. Um, yeah, the uh, um, well, in the course of the documentary, like uh, the original. Uh, what we thought was happening, the reason we quit our jobs is because out of nowhere, his agent, not an agent, but the guy who ran the truck stop comedy label said, I got you a spot to go play in the Las Vegas Strip at the Riviera. And oh, shit. he was going to play in one of these rooms there on the casino floor and have like a year-long residency. So wow. he told all his friends, was getting ready to pack up and move in the new year. And we thought, well, here's our fish out of water story. And we, we quit our jobs to go follow that. And then it, Turns out it was a lot of hot air, and like, well, like a lot of things in show mm. business, it didn't didn't materialize. So yeah. in the meantime, we're like, well, we got to beef up the story here, and so we just started talking to what we considered to be living legends of this genre of music, which um, dirty music, which is you know, sea shanties were dirty back, you know, 
when people came over on the Mayflower. So this this has existed on the fringes of the music industry since recorded music existed, but nobody had talked about it. So we're like, well, let's do it. Who are the guys doing this now? And we, we found a guy named Dr. Dirty, John Valby from Buffalo, New York, who's been playing nightclubs since the 60s. And uh, another group called Doug Clark and the Hot Nuts, who've been playing since the 50s, fraternity basements in the South. And my dad had actually seen them play at his fraternity in Wisconsin yeah. um, in 1968 or 69. And then it uh, turns out these guys were in their late 70s and still <laughs> on the road. And wow, so we God. went to South Carolina to a, a fraternity there and saw them play live. It was pretty cool. That is fucking awesome. And it, and it was good? It, it was good. Like it, It's not as raunchy as Larry's stuff, but like the music, again, I, you know what I think when it comes down to dirty music, it like the music actually has to be good. It can't actually, it can't be all about the lyrics. That's important yeah. too, but if the music's that actually good. would be too good, easy almost. Like, yeah. Think, not that I hate when people are like, oh, anybody can be dirty, but with some of these, it's like it, anybody could kind of do <laughs> some of this. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, well, you need the music to be good so that right. it's like, oh, there's actually some substance here. And right. not all parodies either, you know. And so these guys were, were still doing it. You know, they get dressed up in their suits and they reeked of cologne <laughs> and they would get up. And when we it, came in to meet them, I think they were all taking naps while watching college football <laughs> in the fraternity <laughs> basement. And then it's like, we, okay, we got, we, got some, we got some excellent B-roll. That yes. <laughs> but then it's showtime. They come out and they do these songs that have, they've been doing the same song since the 50s and members have died and their sons. And now. The sons are playing. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. It's like passed down, and they're doing these. That songs. is fucking crazy. But but it's also like we we talked to some of the students too, who's like, oh yeah, I've seen them like three times already, and they know all the lyrics, and they know all, they're probably playing a show like tonight. You know, like oh, I don't know, I, I I haven't checked their schedule, but it's just yeah. one of those things that's never gonna die. It's just like a, a tradition that's passed down. So that's like so we should play on that one, one hand. Too. Yeah, I'll play. I'll play the hot nuts song. On one hand, that is beautiful, but on another, sometimes you hear shit like that, and you're like, "How do you like live your life like that? (laughs) Like, that's that you created this body of work that is insane, and then that is your whole legacy and your whole life. And it's like, I've no. I mean, more power to you. You get to watch football with your buddies. I hope they all get along because that that would be pretty brutal. Well, I. I, it speaks to me and uh, Nick. Like what we, our job is to go around and play VHS tapes to people. Like we do a show sure. called the Found Footage Festival. Yes, and so uh, that's that's essentially our job. But I think that they're kind of in the same boat that Nick and I are. Is that we've been doing it for so long that we ran out of stuff to talk about, and so like we're kind of like an old married couple at this point. We just like <laughs> sit there and nap and watch college football and wait for the show to start. <laughs> yeah, so it spoke that's to me. The- I guess yeah. that that is the dream in many ways. It's yeah, just like get comfortable enough you can fucking <laughs> you don't have to worry too much about. Oh no, we got to put something together. Like we already did that. It's yeah, yeah. There. No, I'll just yeah. go do it. And and you know these albums like Doug Clark and the, I think their first album was like in 1961. But these were illegal, even though but they're tame by today's standards. It was illegal. People like Rusty Warren, so they yeah. called these party records, and so you actually had to. Go into the record store and be like, "Yeah, you got any? You got anything that wow. is not?" You have to whisper, like, yeah. "Hey, you got anything behind the counter that uh, uh, I should see?" Yeah. <laughs> so, and again, these have not been well documented. These sort of records, but it's this whole like you know uh, genre that was a, a thing we found out in the course of making our movie. That is that is really interesting that you had to like. Be sneaky about it, like you were buying weed for, at a bodega or something. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Like, I think like Red Fox albums too, like his comedy albums. They would have to mm-hmm. like say, "Hey, you got that Red Fox album that you know you can't put out on the display." Yeah, yeah. and then there's a huge raid. SWAT team. He's got the hot nuts. <laughs> put, put down the put down the hot nuts. <laughs> I'm looking at Doug Clark and the Hot Nuts schedule. They're playing like 30 dates starting in July. Good like God. Dallas. Oh, my Lord. Gainesville, St. Louis. Oh, shit. I'm going to Dallas, too. Maybe I'll cross paths with them in Dallas. <laughs> they should. They're playing UMass in Amherst uh, wow. in October and uh, Durham, North Carolina, like for five days in a row. They're, they're hugely popular still. I think Doug Clark is. He, I think he's long been dead. I think probably since the mm. '80s. So I think they call it Doug Clark's Hot Nuts now at this point. Yeah, uh, it's just like the, yeah, Doug's the brother yeah. took over. Yeah, 
Damn, yeah. that's, he, he John Belushi'd him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, right. Wait, no, Jim Belushi. You preferred John. There we go. God, there's uh, not to start to quote somebody else's joke, but Andy Kindler has a great uh, Jim Belushi joke where he goes, Jim Belushi, who died and made that guy a big star? <laughs> Andy Kindler. That's a good one. That's a it's good so one. Good. Uh, all right, let's hear some hot nuts. Here we go. Hot I love nuts. that in uh, Pioneers. The you guys get where he like directs that to a guy in the crowd. Oh, always, <laughs> like, you don't get any nuts. At always, all. Like, yeah. <laughs> they point out to the people in the audience. Yeah, yeah. Like, like a lot it, of yeah. these songs that were at like bar halls and fraternities and stuff. Like it evolves too. They come up with a new rhyme that night, and they point out a guy in the audience, and then it's part of the it's part of their <laughs> their live show from then on. So it's an evolving thing. I, I wonder if, like, now they have, like, AI references in their songs, you know, or, like, whatever whatever the new trend is, like a chat, uh, what is that, GPT? Chat GPT. Yeah, GPT. They probably, like, in, like introduced, like, a, oh, now these kids got peanut allergies. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I would love to see a show. I'd love to hear what the references are these days. I think we I think we all meet up in Dallas. We go we go see it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. See that guy I'm looks in. like a jerk. Can't eat nuts because he's allergic. Nuts, hot nuts. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> there we go. Oh well, that is a tough rhyme. That was good. <laughs> stuck the landing well, perfectly. That's my yeah, idea. Nailed it, John Carter. Yeah, if you're you listening, it. I'd love to be in a band. <laughs> And he's a big fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they're an all-white jazz band too. So you that it is true. <laughs> I'd rather be. You go. You walk in with your uh, with your spin drift sparkling water, and you watch love that spin drift. Yeah. And it's oboe. <laughs> I'm just a fan. I don't play. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Hey, you bring your own oboe. (laughs) Will you guys sign this? (laughs) Uh, All right. We got one more song here. I have to say it's BYOBO. Before we we move on. BYOBO. Nice. I comedically obligated. Yeah, no, that was good. That was good. (laughs) Uh, You got to find a way to work that. In fact, that should be the next hour, Tommy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Done and done. BYOBO. All so right, the last one we have here, yeah, yeah Blowfly. Have you Blow guys heard fly. of Blowfly before? I had not heard of Blowfly. He's another one of those. I just saw the little clip in that, yeah, in the doc. But yeah. yeah, so that was another thing we wanted to explore, like all these uh, pioneers and living legends of dirty music. And yeah, uh, Doug Clark and the Hot Nuts w- was one of the earliest ones from early '60s. And then uh, Blowfly, a lot of people told us about him and said he's the original dirty rapper. He's from Florida. He's from Miami. Oh, shit. And uh, he sampled a lot. His name's actually Clarence Reed, and he's a legitimate songwriter. Like he's a, a fan, like he he was a ghostwriter on so many songs that we've all heard a million times that mm-hmm. I can't name right now because I didn't do the research. But um, he he's like a legitimate songwriter. And but then he made this dirty rap song. What was it, Nick? Like late sixties or something? Early seventies? Yeah, seventies uh, is Blowflies yeah, rap. Sixties, yeah, Blowflies rap and. And rap dirty, and uh, he was just talking over a groove, and uh, and then he also had this, I guess, science fiction concept about his origin story, and uh, he would always wear a like a almost like a luchador mask with a sparkly purple cape, and sometimes on his album covers he'd always be with naked women on his album covers, <laughs> and um, 
And Never censored the the naked women either. Like I, I couldn't oh, yeah. believe some of these album covers. It's like, oh, you got away with this in the '60s? How the hell did you pull this <laughs> off? I, I guess by not being really available, you had to ask, you know, behind yeah. under in brown paper. And um, so he again was still touring, and now was kind of almost like a an ironic or a legacy act that was brought in at colleges. We saw him at kind of a hippie college, uh, upstate New York, and uh, he killed. Even though he's one of these guys that. I don't know if all his songs are defensible lyric-wise, but uh, they're they're really outrageous. And he yeah. was a guy who, yeah, he has a song I really like as Clarence Reed. He's from Miami, and I know Luke from Two Live Crew considers him a huge influence. And, wow. wow. Um, but, uh, yeah, as Clarence Reed, he has a song called Winter Man, which is just like a legitimate great soul uh, song. Oh, that's a great song. And um, yeah. Winter Man. Yeah, so look, look that, that up, up. Uh, after the podcast. But and then this is his dirty alter ego, Blowfly. All right, let's hear some of Blowfly. His pictures look cool as hell. He's I like awesome. this when he's drinking like a cool martini or something with his luchador shit on. He looks like <laughs> sick as hell. He's a, he's like a, he, he's actually like when he's in Blowfly mode. Like we would hang out with him in Blowfly mode. He's he's an insane madman. Like he just whatever is on the top of his head, he just says it. But then there would be times where we'd be in the car and we'd have a normal conversation about like I think his daughter was in the WNBA. I think she was like oh, yeah shit. yeah or yeah. And so uh, he he would talk about his daughter and be like, oh, I'm having a normal conversation with Blowfly right now. This is crazy. Never had that before. Nick, what was the first thing he said Like when, when well, we I, we met got, him? I, I had the camera, and his van was pulling up at Asbury Lanes in New Jersey. He was playing there, and and I said, hey, Blowfly, I'm Nick. And he goes, your name ain't Nick, it's Dick. And I was like, okay, this is going to be a long weekend with Blowfly. Damn. That's a tur- good one, though. It turns <laughs> out he was right, though. It turns out he yeah, was right. Is, Nick's name is fucked up. I, I checked you check, you checked your birth certificate? <laughs> sure enough, he was right. You called up your parents. You said, why did you lie to me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got oh, Blowfly here. Did, did you meet Blowfly? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we prayed these two would never meet. <laughs> I think the song I gave you too. He tells a, a like it's a it's a really high concept premise, which is why I think it elevates it above like, you know, a, par- a parody rap or something. Bullshit. Or yeah, the, and this isn't. I guess this is sort of a rap, but it's where there's an experiment that goes wrong where he had a two inch dick, but every time somebody called him a bastard, it would become like <laughs> ten inches long. And ah. so it starts off great, but then something goes wrong with it. He was a mad scientist who put this injection in him, and so it tells it's like that a story. weird Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah, sure. exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah, well, we we did Pinocchio. We've been last talking week, a lot about so Pinocchio on this show. Fresh on the brain. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to be honest. I forgot that we did that episode, and I was like, man, I can't believe I have Pinocchio on the brain right now. Yeah, I watched. What's it with last all these fucking weeks? What's with all these Pinocchio references lately? <laughs> Why am I talking about fucking uh, Jiminy Cricket left and right? <laughs> Where the Geppetto reference come from? <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's hear some Blowfly. I am the result of an experiment that went wrong. Whenever a chick would call me a bastard while we were fucking, I think we would become four feet long. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to tell you the story of a scientist who experiments were very odd. He dreamed of creating a formula that would make me and Dick stay hard. He appetized in a paper for some lucky guy who needed a gig. So I went to apply for the motherfucking job, not knowing I would be a guinea pig. He said, just stay calm. I promise you, you won't get hurt. I tried this shit on frogs and hogs, and I tell you, goddammit, it worked. He said, you see this shit here in this needle? It's gonna change your whole motherfucking life. He said, when I get through with that freak of yours, I'm gonna let you try it out on my wife. Yeah! I said, what? Yeah. The incredible fuck. The incredible fuck. <laughs> That's what it's called. Oh, that's he's incredible. so good. He's so good. Yeah, you pick up Blowfly albums. I don't know if I don't think Blowfly's on Spotify. I know Clarence Reed is, mm, but like, yeah. did you see Blowfly on there? I'd, I'd be interested to see what his most popular. I did check. Did you check, Tommy? I didn't. I, I just listened to. You the, know, we we got all his albums when we were uh, making our documentary. And same with Doug Clark and the Hot Nuts, we got some of their albums. 
now they're going for like some are going for like five six hundred dollars wow. on Discogs. Yeah. So we might be sitting on a gold mine, Joe. We might have to. Uh, oh, it's our ticket out of this. <laughs> yeah, I think it in. might. I think it might be. Those are just sitting yeah. in storage. We ought to. What's put the, oh, and describe the hellhole you're in. What are you, what's going on with you guys? You all right? <laughs> That's well, not good, guys. It's not. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, not yeah. pretty. It's. Uh, Lo-fi is uh, on Spotify. Uh, Spotify. Fuck. He is. We. Okay. He is. Oh, yeah. Not as popular okay. as our man, well, Larry, but. Really? Oh, I would think it would yeah. be the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. No, that's, that's, that's too bad to hear you guys aren't doing so. Because we actually brought you. On We're doing to, fine. I, I, we were going to ask you guys We're, to borrow <laughs> <some cash>. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got. We have a surgery that's going to take our uh, dick from two inches to four feet that we're trying to get. And, uh, is that elective or is that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, insurance, our insurance so, will not cover No, it. no. They don't, yeah, not, not cosmetic stuff. No, they never do. <laughs> we told him it's functional. This guy won't let me fuck his wife and let until my dick. Is four feet long. <laughs> talk to your insurance broker. Just tell them that. <laughs> it reminds me of, um, I guess it's just like whenever you're 13 or 12 or whatever, I feel like every generation just has these songs. Like, I remember for me, it was Colt 45 by Afro Man. It was like the dirty song that we listened mm. to constantly. And then, like, talking about this topic, I was like, oh, yeah, that's what we were just like, found the raunchiest song we'd ever heard and like played it a million times. And like, I guess that's what everyone does when they're that mm. age, you know? Well, there's also like the the schoolyard songs, like milk, milk, yeah. lemonade, around the corner. Uh, fudge is made. Or yeah. Fudge is made. Is that how it goes? Wait, yeah. I mean, did you just come all... up with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just freestyling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm like Eminem. I can just uh... <laughs> no. But there's all those songs, like all those dirty songs that, like, I don't know, like that was you just never the oral really tradition. You know, those weren't even recorded, mm-hmm. really. So. You never heard them except. Right. From somebody else standing next to that you. Is, I think about that all the time, and I'm sure there's been some sort of like study on it or something, but it's like before the internet, it is wild that we were able to share information across, like every kid had that, and it's like, how the fuck did yeah. they do that? Like, It's like somebody's cousin told this guy who goes to a different school, and it just got all around. It's yes. Not- yeah, there's certain things. Not the Money Money song from Billy Idol. <laughs> Apparently, that was just Wisconsin. That stayed right in Wisconsin. No, but I guarantee people in the comments will will be saying like, "Oh, I know about the Money Money song." You guys don't hey, know about the Money Money. Chime in, people. Yes, I let mean, us know. I know the song. I just don't know that. Uh, hey, hey, what? Get laid, get fucked. It was like the in between. Yeah, my part. girlfriend yeah. didn't know it either. She's from <laughs> DC, but I think yeah, I don't know if it's regional or maybe just school to school. You know, my wife knew it. Yeah, my she wife did? knew it. She's born and raised in New York. Yeah, I think hmm. it's just yeah. yeah, could just be an age thing. The, the cool, sure. the yeah. cool people, just it the cool be, people. How how old are you? Uh, Forty seven, brother. Yeah, yeah. forty seven. Yep. Yeah. Okay, maybe it's for people who are uh, forty seven, el- who are exactly forty seven <laughs> years old. <laughs> That's probably it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That yep. could be it. Yeah. Oh. Well, no, but that song was on the radio. I guess when we were in middle school, and so I think that's yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. I'm, I'll have to. I'll call my uh, my grandpa. He's about forty seven, <laughs> and I think he'll. Yeah, ask him. And, yeah. and all, also, like I remember, Digital Underground had uh, sex packets came out too, and for me, that was like, oh, it's this whole. It was like Blowfly. It was like this mythological world where you you'd take a pill and you would have this. Very realistic sexual fantasy, and I was like, "Oh man, this is such a cool idea!" And you know, that is a good idea. It's all kind of naughty, and um, so yeah. Why haven't they made that that. fucking pill yet? That sounds awesome. Still clamoring for it. Yeah, you could just. I would love to have a fantasy. You you think they're just like on the cusp of inventing that right now? They they can do anything with those pills. Yeah. What the fuck? (laughs) You could see, there's a pill for fucking everything. Come on, these big days. pharma, let's go. Pharma. Get on the sex pack. So, Come on. Make them there's a pill that makes you uh, your cat allergy lesson. How do we make that one before what? the the fucking fantasy one? What are you waiting for, Pfizer? Come on. Oh yeah. You made a hoax vaccine <laughs> before you. So here's my problem with this sex packets. I'm looking at the lyrics right now. Now he says he says sex packets a dollar or two. Uh, and then later he says, "I just can't wait till I get home tonight. I got three for ten ninety nine. The math is not adding up right. for me. Yeah, in, in, well, inflation was really booming. <laughs> yeah. right then. Well, it, it sounds like he got ripped off too. Two, but three is ten ninety nine. And he asks, he asks his packet man, 
He says, um, by the way, you got something for my woman? And he goes, yeah, I got guy packets. He goes, cool, give me one of those. So, you know. What, they, why don't they just doink? Like, why don't they just, like, not buy the sex packets and just doink? Because then they can do it for real. Because fantasy made real, not your actual yeah. partner. It's like, oh, this yeah. is two twins from, you know, wherever. And, like, you can have that. A Coors Light commercial? That's, where, that's <laughs> the first fantasy that came to my head. And, and twins. And the twins. Um, <laughs> you know what's fucked up is like sorry to bring this back up but like all the everybody's mad at Bud Light and now Miller Light too and Coors Light was advocating for sleeping with two twins <laughs> at once that can't be moral yeah <laughs> that can't yeah. be uh, the, the sort of thing a god fearing man would do short <laughs> oh, short memory in that I didn't realize story. that. I'm going to go out. You yeah. know, I'm going to grab my shotgun. I'm going to blow up some Coors Lights after this podcast. Just tell me so. which beer to blow up. And I'll do it. If I can't drink Coors Light, hand me that shotgun. I'm blowing my. Tell me which off, beer I should be mad at. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that was Blowfly. That was an, uh, that was a very fun song, and I would love to hear one of these modern fellas remake this. Well, let's hear a cover. <laughs> Let's Ed hear Sheeran type. <laughs> well, let's hear an Ed Sheeran cover. <laughs> well, I gotta say, like back in the nineties too, like like there were like some great sex rap songs too. Like the Ghetto Boys had "Gangster Love," and like of course you got Two Life Crew. I was never a big Two Life Crew. I think Miso Horny's okay, but like lyrically, they well, Hoochie Mama came to like, mind. There was, when there were two the... Life Crew. That was another one we used to listen to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so no, he's the... tough too. Yeah, be so hard. I love the beat and I love the samples yeah. that they use, but like, man, that just song just yeah. sucks. Like, it's they just suck. But like, the Ghetto it. Boys, Gangster <laughs> Love, like, they're actual lyricists. They're like actually really good. And so, uh, but but now I don't know. Not to sound like the old forty-seven year old man, but like the hip hop, like hip hop now, they they don't dabble these, in like sex songs these, at all. I'm telling you, these days all they talk about. Is guns and drugs? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I want that. I no, want yeah. those days. <laughs> no, uh, now it's mostly about being on like Adderall or like uh, yeah, like Damn, different yeah. lame drugs. Well, push a T. Push cool. a T. Still, the reps about mm-hmm. coke. Like yeah, you know, like like he's that's like his big thing. I want yeah. to see push a T. Switch the drugs around, dude. Talk about smoking a fat. Yeah, I know, but like I, I was listening to an ASAP Rocky song the other day, a song that I really like, but it's all about Raph Simmons, which is like a, a designer, like about I don't know about a designer that he really likes. And mm-hmm. I didn't know who it was. And I asked my wife, I was like, "Who's Raph Simmons?" Because he has this line like, "Don't step on my Raph. Mm. Don't step on my Raph Simmons." And <laughs> she's like, "Oh, it's a, a fashion designer." And I was like, "Oh, come on, <laughs> That's yeah, not, exactly." Just talk about. Drugs. Some sort of Talk about drugs, packet. you fucking piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's sex packets. It's yes, a sexual science fiction scenario that we can all get behind. Exactly. Talk exactly. about Dick Pinocchio. Or- <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah, Blowflight was sampled in like The Far Side, sampled oh, wow. him, and uh, DJ Quick, oh, and like shit. he was. Oh, 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 Dirty Bastard sampled Damn. him too. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah and, was- and, and I remember him telling us that he didn't see a goddamn dime <laughs> no. from any. Of them no, he was he was he was not happy about that. Yeah, he he would go off on tangents about that. Yeah. Yeah. God, we're all gonna do that one day. Just like who fucked us? We'll just yeah, be like, Grandpa. Oh yeah, don't no. give a shit that the show Good God didn't pay you enough spot pay when you did it. <laughs> they fucked us. Yeah. They told us we were getting two drink tickets. Um, all right, we got to get to some comments from the listeners. Uh, we we put it up that uh, we're talking about this topic. Uh, we only got one on the Patreon. I posted a little bit late. Uh, James Buntrock says, "Do a little dance, make a little love." Tommy gets down on horse tonight, <laughs> which is a a bit of a yep, stretch, yeah. I think, James. But I lo- you know what? I love it, and it's your right to send us stuff like that. <laughs> and, uh, you're on the Patreon. You get to do whatever the fuck you want, brother. <laughs> That's oh, the God. rule. That's the rule, and we will praise you for it. Yes, yes. We do. We, we're on the Patreon too, and like they can do no wrong. <laughs> they can the do no wrong. <laughs> do no wrong. Um, all right, Kevin Frolics. We got a couple. Some people sent us a couple songs. I'll play real fast. Kevin Frolics sent us a song called "My Pussy Belongs to Daddy," Ooh. and I'm very curious Ooh. what this is going to sound like. Pussy 
house across the way The girls and the boys looked up from their toys When they heard a girlie say My pussy belongs to Turn daddy <laughs> But is that from like 1940s or something? It like, definitely sounds like it, it right? It sounds like it. I And the cover is a naked mm-hmm. woman, and she's holding yeah. a cat. So I think it's right. supposed to be Does she have like a like, beehive hairdo? No, she has like, it's like no. this guy. Yeah. And oh, it okay, says, so it is old. her boobs, it says, for adults mm-hmm. only. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My pussy belongs to but, oh, It did sound yeah. like it was trying to sound like an old, yeah. like you know, in it, like I think, like um, who was it? Lucille Bogan uh, was somebody we we looked into, and um, uh, Ma Rainey, people like that, yeah. like these early blues singers. A lot of them were women, and they would do songs like um, "Shave Them Dry," or you know, even Chuck <laughs> Berry did "My Dingaling," you know, and they. Nice. Which was, That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. like it came, I think from the uh, blues is where a lot of these dirty songs originated. Here's a here's a fun question. We just heard that song. Somebody posted on the comments. How many likes do you think this YouTube video has? One million five hundred thousand. Which one? 000. The what? The, the one I just the uh, pussy the, belongs. The yeah. Pussy belongs to daddy. How many likes? How many likes on YouTube do you think this video, this video has? I could uh, see that. Good. Like the search engine pulling that up for a lot of perps, so uh, I'll say. Oh yeah, Tommy showed me this song last week. <laughs> I'll say seven hundred. I'll, I'll say seven thousand. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have faith in humanity. I'm gonna say one hundred and fourteen. I'll Tommy, split you the difference. Guess. Let's go with three thousand six hundred and seven. The answer is five. <laughs> it's five. Okay, good. Faith in humanity. I don't know how Kevin All right. found this. And, and the FBI is tracking those five likers <laughs> too. <laughs> so. Uh, all right. Yeah, I posted. We're talking about dirty music today, and uh, Mike Cronin wrote, "Stop trying to turn my dad on." And yeah. the last comment here is another song john stegall uh wrote uh bounce your boobies was one i heard as a kid so he posted the clip to that yeah yeah, like exactly. Picture the bar room no, and I could... and everyone's having a good time. Yeah, yeah. We should put oh, the. Oh. You should go to a a crowded bar and throw that on the jukebox. See what yeah. happens. See if you get some boobies bouncing. Or like, there's a bunch of you know, like a twelve year olds like listening to their dad's like record, their dirty records, and you hear that song, and you're all kind of like giggling and snickering, <laughs> like, oh, she's talking about her boobies. Like, uh, I mean, that that's what how we, I mean, we listen to a, a friend of ours, uh, dad's. Dr. Dirty album, and we were just like, oh, we, and we had all the songs memorized, and we were just like, oh, you listen to it so the funny. volume really low so you wouldn't be busted, you know, but you kind of have your ears by the record player. And I think that was Rusty Warren um, who did that song or made it that famous. And we tried to interview her, but she has had this great life living in Hawaii, I guess, since her body nightclub days. So I was like, good for yeah, her. Yeah. We're not going to fly to Hawaii for this no-budget documentary. Oh, but, you, let's uh, fly these boys out to Hawaii. What are we doing? Come on. It could be a little addendum to the movie. Well, once we Venmo you the $10,000 you get for doing the show, I think you'll have... Uh... Oh, then we can finally finish this documentary that we already finished. <laughs> I think um... Add an addendum, a DVD bonus feature. There we go. When the Blu-ray comes out. When the Blu-ray yes. comes out. Yes. Um, I think we have to wrap up with that. There was one last thing that, yes. yeah, that Dr. Dirty said that made me laugh really hard, where he's like, you know, you see all these generations of people. There was a mom... Uh, her daughter and the grandma, and they were all there, and they all flashed their tits. <laughs> it was, it was yeah, like a touching thing. That yes, turned into... <laughs> he talks about it like in a very yes, sweet yeah. way. It was like they all listened to my music, and they all got up on stage, and they all flashed their tits, and it was just it's real like beautiful. a perfect summation. Of this. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and there's the not a dry, beer. there's not a dry eye in the theater after that moment. <laughs> my, my buddy uh, Dan, who found the original Larry Pierce tape in high school that we listened to. 
just texted me the other day and said, hey, uh, Dr. Dirty is playing near me in Pennsylvania in a couple weeks, and uh, I think I'm going to go. Incredible. So <laughs> he's still, still going. I mean, he's got to be late 70s now, too, with his white tuxedo yeah. playing at these like Hell yeah. bars. I've, and, that's yeah. amazing. I've seen the show like three times, and they're so much fun. Like he just like he's just such a perfect showman. Like he's just like up. He's just like talking to people directly. He has. I mean, I feel like he's on autopilot. He's done so many shows at this point. He just doesn't have to think anymore. But he's just so quick, and he has a line for everything. And it's 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 like watching a master work. It's a lot of sing-alongs and song parodies, but in sort of that barroom style where everybody's got a stein of beer in their hand and is around the piano chiming in and singing along a lot of call and response yeah. stuff it's a uh, pretty good well some of it's problematic but uh <laughs> yeah. a lot Why of it not? doesn't hold up yeah. but uh yeah i'm yeah. looking at his website yeah. now. Have you been like, these... he has a lot of oh, yeah, dates yeah. uh coming up it's crazy yeah. <laughs> he also does something yeah you got anything uh, in la like all around the east coast he's no. doing like soul joels tom where like a lot of our friends perform <laughs> isn't that oh, funny shit. Yeah. um that's so he also funny does something that i always think it's funny when people do this where he has dates listed as private party and it's like you don't need that on the website <laughs> no i know exactly it's like no. for his own schedule yeah yeah no and it's i like think the website if i remember correctly the website is like a geocities yeah, website <laughs> like it still yeah. is like <laughs> why did we move on from geocities we had a good <sighs> they should all geocities be geocities didn't do nothing wrong no exactly <laughs> um hey also we have a, a a current documentary that we are the yes. subjects of that we have to yeah. we, we should be promoting right that's now that's what too. we were just about to oh were you okay. that's perfect so yeah. what would you guys like yeah. to promote before we get the hell out of here. Yeah, no, we have yeah, a, a documentary out right now called Chop and Steel. Uh, it's in some theaters. It's uh, available to download uh, digitally. And uh, it's about Nick and I in our crazy job uh, in the VHS world. We tour around with our VHS tapes. We edit them. We make them funny. Uh, we do a 90-minute show, like, you know, 120 shows a year. And uh, we started getting on these morning news shows, and we realized it was very easy to get on these morning news shows. And we did a bunch of them, and then we got sued in federal court for one of them. And it almost oh, like shit. ended our it almost ended our whole thing. Wow. Like we were just like, oh man, we had to hire lawyers, and we just didn't know what the hell we were doing, and it was just tumultuous. Was, it was a lawsuit that was called the dumbest First Amendment battle <laughs> of the year by Fast Company magazine. Incredible! Wow. It was on Vice News, and we were in dire straits and um so yeah they, they i can't wait to that. see this doc to see yeah. what this is about because that's fucking great because as i end up having to do a lot of those and they you're like what why is this exist still it doesn't oh, make well, any sense they that, forget that you're even coming on sometimes yeah. they get your names wrong yeah. like yeah we're like why do we even do this because i feel like we have to be there at like five o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. and like farmers are up then and that's it yeah like well, who that's else what is got up? us in trouble is we got so bored doing it that instead of going on as ourselves and playing some funny videos we, we started pitching people who weren't us so we, <laughs> we made up characters like a yo-yo expert Amazing. and a celebrity chef. and uh, You got in trouble for that? And, yeah, because we went on as a strongman duo <laughs> and uh, went on and did really unimpressive feats of strength as Chop and Steel. Um, Incredible. And, we, uh, we didn't... We didn't get in trouble by the station. The station, I don't know, some of the stations found it funny, and then like some of them were just like, wait a second, that's not what you said you were going to do. We thought you were going <laughs> to smash you know, cinder blocks in half with your hands. And, and that was the extent of it. But then it was one of the parent companies of one mm. of the stations that we pranked. Because there's these parent companies that own... 5,000 stations around right. the country. You know, it, yeah. it's like Sinclair is the big one. Uh, we didn't get sued by them. We got sued by another one called Gray. They own hundreds of stations around the... So we didn't even real. We didn't even know who they were. You know? Yeah. Like, but, yeah. yeah. They were embarrassed, so. though, oh, and they wanted brutal. to teach these two guys a lesson for messing with the mm. news. So they sued us for fraud and <laughs> oh, conspiracy. My conspiracy. And, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. 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 That's bullshit. It's yeah. also like it's like, people do like uh, Tom Segura was doing that for a while, where he was pretending to be a white rapper, uh, and he was a like touring comedian. And it's like just have fun with it, you fucking idiot! Like, yeah, exactly. It's so annoying that they wouldn't be like, "This is the most entertaining thing that's happened on the show." <laughs> yeah. In months, oh, like for sure, you know. And there's one uh, we we did one called uh, with, with with our friend uh, Mark Prooch. Oh, he, he's in uh, yeah, what yeah. we do in the shadows I now. Know, the on cinema, like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. yeah. So yeah. We, we all went to college together in Eau Claire, yeah. and I was living in Milwaukee nice. at the time, and Mark was living in Milwaukee, and that's the first time that we did one of these uh, morning news pranks. And we we said that Mark was going to be a, 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 a yo-yo expert who traveled around the country <laughs> to schools teaching kids about the environment with his yo-yo, which doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> yeah. and, and Mark is the yo-yo expert, and Mark Mark has no idea how to yo-yo. At all, yeah. like he can barely make it <laughs> yeah. come up when it goes down, and so we'd always have to come up with creative ways to for him to like appear. Like one time, he showed up with his yo-yoing arm in a sling, so he had to do it left-handed. Or like one time, he showed up to one where he for he brought the yo-yo, but he forgot the string, <laughs> and so <laughs> I even forget it. <laughs> That's amazing. Or my favorite exactly. was when he, when he he went on. He goes, "Oh, I didn't realize you wanted a demonstration. I didn't bring my yo-yo. I thought this was going to be a sit-down interview." And yeah, so yeah. Just, a, they just wanted to pick his brain. <laughs> As like uh, for like a sit down talk show. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant! Incredible. That's so yeah, wonderful. so that that was where it first started, and yeah, we we got uh, he he got on like seven morning news shows, and then we did another one where Nick played a celebrity chef uh, called Chef Keith, who made up these gross recipes and then offered them to the anchors to see if they would actually eat them on air, and a lot of them actually <laughs> did. He was like making like uh, it, was, turkey, it was all your like, stuff put into a. a a blender, you know, like gravy yeah. and skim milk and turkey and oh, cranberries poured, oh, poured over tough. corn or something. And yeah, <laughs> that was the idea. And, and, yeah, or smoothies or something. So yeah, so the, and then we were like, oh, let's push the boundaries of stupidity even further. And like five years later, we wrote, wrote up a press release for Chop and Steel. And then we, we sent it out. We said that we had won America's Got Talent. We obviously didn't. Nobody did yeah. any Google searches. All, There's yeah. no research at all. And uh, we got on three of these, and then we got, then we found out we got sued in federal court at that <laughs> point. So the, yeah, it was up at that point. So that's Man. what that's what the documentary is about. Us dealing with that. Yeah, it's called it Chop called? and Steel. Yeah. Chop and Steel. And uh, how can people find it? Yeah, it's on Apple. It's on iTunes. It's on uh, what's the other one? Amazon. Uh, yeah. Voodoo, yeah. Google Play. Yeah, just type, and awesome. Steel is S T E E L E. So we, amazing. Yeah. We have a website, chopandsteel.com. Chopandsteel.com. Awesome. Yeah. Dude, I can't wait to watch that. That is fucking awesome. Guys, this was so fun. Thanks so much for bringing uh, this topic and for coming on the damn show. It was a good ass time. Yeah. Uh, Tommy, you got anything to promote uh, before just, you yeah, get out check here? out my shows on social media and listen to my album on Spotify. It doesn't have as many plays as our old buddy Larry, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Someday. Someday. You got you to gotta perform in more garages. That's, true. That's a good what plan. you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a bunch of road dates coming up. I'm going to be at CG's in Illinois this week, uh, this uh, next weekend. Sorry. Uh, and then I'll be at Go Bananas in Cincinnati, June 22nd through the 25th. So that'll be very fun. Come out to that. I got Dallas Comedy Club coming up in July. All my dates are on the old website. And get on the Patreon. My album's not coming out until late July, it sounds like. So check that out, too, once it comes. But uh, once again, check out everything uh, Joe and Nick do. Found Footage Festival. You guys are fucking awesome. Uh, and it's uh, such a so funny live, too. Check them out wherever you can. Uh, guys, thanks so much for doing this. Audience, we'll see you guys next week. Keep it crispy. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.